Welcome, everyone, to the Hiring Success Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We've got a great episode lined up today, and we'll get to it in just a minute. However, some exciting news first. In less than a week, we'll be releasing what may very well be the most comprehensive text on talent acquisition to date, the definitive guide to hiring success. With over 150 beautifully designed pages of information to help TA leaders build a recruiting strategy from the ground up, the definitive guide to hiring success is a must read for anyone wishing to make a difference in their company's hiring outcomes. The official release date is this coming Tuesday, December the 3rd. Be sure to follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram for more details. Our guest today is Tony Lee. Tony is the Senior Director of Global Talent Acquisition at GetAround, an online peer-to-peer car sharing service that's based in San Francisco and available across the United States and Europe. He has over 15 years of experience with full lifecycle recruitment, employee relations, organizational development, diversity, and last but not least, employee training programs, which will be the focus of today's episode. Now, without further delay, Tony Lee. Tony, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. So I have a lot of questions that I would love to ask you, and I'll start off by asking um, if you could give us a little bit of background information on who you are and where you currently work and how you got there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, uh, very much enjoy, hopefully, sharing whatever I can. Uh, I don't necessarily call myself um, an expert necessarily, but um, but uh, I've been through a lot. So. Um, but, uh, but who am I? Uh, I'm Tony Lee. Um, I am currently the uh, head of global recruiting um, talent acquisition for GetAround. Mm-hmm. Uh, GetAround is a post Series D uh, car sharing startup um, here in San Francisco. Um, and uh, uh, prior to this, I um, was at Workday um, as a principal recruiter. Uh, prior to that, I um, ran recruiting globally for uh, a segment of IAC um, that own companies like AskJeeves.com, Dictionary.com, Investopedia, um, The Daily Beast, um, and six other brands. And so, um, uh, so yeah, uh, definitely familiar with things. One of the biggest things that we had to tackle um, for sure were ideas around um, the fastest, best way to uh, grow talent, hire talent, um, promote talent. Um, and so, um, hopefully what I can offer today helps out a lot with, with what you're, you're looking for. Great. So I, I think at least for me, um, from an outsider's perspective, um, when I think of talent acquisition, the first thing that comes to mind is sourcing talent externally. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that often for a lot of organizations, the talent that they need to succeed might already exist, um, within the organization and could be harnessed through something like an internal mobility or employee training program. Would you disagree, agree, or what are your thoughts on the topic? Yeah, um, you know, what comes to mind, uh, uh, funny enough, um, I don't, in no way do I mean to, to plug it, but then again, you know, I, I thank smart recruiters for, for the time, but it was actually at a hiring success uh, conference a few years ago where uh, Matt Charney was giving one of the um, keynote speeches. Um, and, uh, and, he's always been an advocate for TA tech process, um, sourcing. I've always been a big advocate for, uh, TA tech. I was a mentor for a long time with uh, talent tech labs. That is a VC for HR and TA specific tools, um, uh, that are up and coming. 
Um, and one of the things that he said in his keynote was, um, and I, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but it was literally um, the, the TA space alone, the TA tech, the, the um, TA ecosystem will spend billions on billions uh, um, of dollars on external sources, on sourcing marketplaces, technology to go find candidates. But uh, the marketplace in general spends, I think it was 300 million. So I think it was like easily four plus billion on external marketing. Less than 300 million uh, um, in the US was spent on internal mobility, um, on growing talent, nurturing talent. And one of the things that he said that um, really uh, hit me was um, when you uh, go find a candidate and write a job description, uh, more than likely you're writing a catch-all, you know, like this person has to meet all the expectations of the job description for you to hire them. Mm -hmm. But, uh, when you promote someone internally, um, do they have all the skills in the job description, but have they proven themselves? Are they teachable? Um, can they do the function? And, and that's really what you're looking for in a candidate anyway, is, um, what will they give me in the future? Um, and so uh, from that point on, um, I've actually been very much a proponent of um, internal mobility and trying to make awareness, grow skills um, within the team um, and make sure that we address every avenue internally before you then try to do an external approach um, mm -hmm. because your internal talent's the one that's gonna take you where you need to go. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, are you involved with any such programs in your current role or do you have any previous experience that um, you think has been particularly successful that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, um, I would say right now the challenge of my current role is that we are, we went from, uh, went from uh, 150 to 600 in the last seven months. Um, and so, uh, and so a vast majority of the company is fairly new. So internal mobility is kind of a, a tough thing and most people haven't been in their job for more than a year. Um, so much of our internal, we've, we promoted quite a bit internally to lead who is new, but and we've only released an internal mobility policy recently, uh, and we're in the middle of figuring out what is the future of internal mobility, early talent, um, uh, and then learning and development, um, and and coaching, training, and so these are all things we're trying to figure out at the same time to set ourselves up for a stronger roadmap for internal mobility. So, so with that said, I will remove the get around in terms of this question, but um, uh, Workday was a good example. I think it's it's a different beast because there, there were 10,000 employees, but for the most part, um, uh, what I've seen in the past has worked really well um, is actually we had a policy in terms of, uh, of acceptance of every performance management conversation uh, typically was uh, built into every review process of um, being very open that you will not be here forever. And I think that's the one thing that almost every person has to accept off the bat is, uh, especially in the tech space, is mm -hmm. is your is your engineer or is your employee really going to be there for a year, two years, five years? Are they really going to be there for ten years? You know, if you can't answer that question, then then the question is, well, then why are they here today? Um, and so more than likely they're trying to grow, gain skills, um, make a career for themselves. And they're looking for the right person or company to offer those things to them. 
And when that opportunity for growth stops or they're at a point in their career where they're going to retire, then, then usually that's when they stick around. But otherwise, they'll keep wanting to be better. And so uh, at Workday and, and IEC, um, uh, previous companies I've been at, the, um, the expectation was that I had with every hiring manager was in your reviews, um, is it an open conversation? Are you making it transparent that, hey, I don't, I hope you're here forever, but if you're not, what do you want to take with you when you leave? Or what do you want to learn from this role today? And so every conversation was potentially this person is going to quit and move, or we can find a new role for them internally. And more often than not, if you find a role for them internally, that's the better solution. And so if they're going to leave your group at some point or fill a void, then have that conversation now. What are you striving towards? And if it's not with me, who is it with? Um, once you open up that conversation, then the internal mobility policy was easy in that, um, in that the employee felt comfortable saying, you know what, I've been with X group for three years and uh, I want to learn something new. Or I think my, I've interacted with these 10 teams and I feel like I have a really close connection with team B. And so um, I'd love to find a way towards supporting them more or joining that team or, or adding value. Um, so as long as there's that open communication, I feel like a policy, a process, a job board, all that comes easy if you're being honest with the conversation up front. It's much harder when people are afraid to tell you, I'm not sure I'm happy in this team, you know, or I think I need more skills. Um, so that's how I, I've seen an internal mobility program succeed. Beyond that, then you would then create a policy of, well, when is it appropriate to transfer? Is it six months? Is it 12 months? Is it two years? Um, what, what is the interview process like for an internal interview? Um, do you hire someone? Uh, do you allow them to accept and transfer into your role before their backfill is hired? Um, and, uh, and then what resources are focused on internal uh, mobility? Or if someone's indicated they're interested in movement, then um, what steps you taking to help them further their career, whether it's learning and development, educational stipends, um, or whatnot. So um, hopefully that's helpful. Yeah, yeah. And so consequently, were you able to reduce the amount of money that, or resources that you needed to devote to external marketing? Did you, you feel like it, overall it was a, a, a pretty successful venture? Yeah. Um, uh, like I said, with, with Get Around, it's hard to say because everyone's new. At Workday, I would say about 30 to 40% of our um, hiring was internal transfers. And so we managed the internal process. We had a internal job board. Um, uh, if anything, it got to the point where hiring managers actually uh, preferred in the first two weeks um, uh, to advertise it internally, whether it's Slack channels or uh, talking with people who've interacted with their group uh, or the internal job board uh, first before um, actually posting the job or putting any money behind it. Um, but even then, uh, what's been common and almost with IAC, my company before that, we were a portfolio of 10 different companies and we were, we were an umbrella, a, a child subsidiary umbrella of a larger IAC company that also owned Match.com, Vimeo, Home Advisor. Um, and so, uh, but we all shared one LinkedIn account. And so what I've actually done in almost every company that's been very successful, um, is 
uh, LinkedIn offers an advertising uh, package for internal mobility, where it would only advertise jobs um, uh, to employees in your company um, to help promote internal mobility. Um, and so often what I used to get all the time was when I posted a job. So we try to do it internally first. It's always a uh, slippery slope when you advertise internally because you don't want to say poach from other teams. Mm -hmm. And so it has to be almost voluntary in a way. Um, so you post it in a very public forum or, or something very generalized so you're not targeting anybody, but more often than not, people miss it. Um, but what they don't miss is be on LinkedIn, their emails, LinkedIn, uh, Glassdoor or LinkedIn or Indie will send you uh, if you're if you ideally you're not looking for a job right now but if you've never turned it off in your previous job search you'll still get updates saying these these are matches for you um, and uh, if a company has the internal jobs mobility or internal jobs ads on um, and often LinkedIn depending on your contract will give some of this away to you for free um, if, if internal mobility is important for you mm -hmm. um, but uh, I'd often, when I post a job, the first people I get responding to me in the first week are usually internal employees saying, hey, I saw you post this job, I'm very interested. Um, uh, so, so yeah, we, we very much, um, I wouldn't say necessarily spent less on, uh, on recruiting marketing. I think it was just our strategy in terms of um, where we targeted first um, and how we spent our time shifted. Um, uh, and I haven't done the numbers necessarily, but if if we had potentially filled half those roles um, early in the process of internal mobility, then we, we wouldn't have spent that money on external marketing. Um, but uh, but yeah, the, that's been our main focus is shifting strategies. So would you say that you have to exercise a degree of caution in how strongly you market things internally then? Because you said you, you don't want to come off as if you're, you're poaching talent or stepping on the toes of, of other team members or other hiring managers rather. Yeah, this is probably the greatest debate I think internal mobility is, mm -hmm. uh, is do you actively source internal mobility or do you passively source, uh, um, well, sourcing in general, do you source or you just advertise? And, uh, and, Depends on the size of your company. Um, like I would say, even that, even today, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but with a, a Google, Facebook, Amazon, um, I doubt that they internally try to recruit internal employees. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm sure they have platforms to advertise, highlight, and get people to, to find roles that they can discuss. Um, because of the, I mean, we, it's, it's an interesting debate where I, I've, I haven't necessarily tackled it yet, um, but it's something that I've always wanted to explore as long as executives across the board are on board with it. But, um, because we externally, no external recruiter is going to have any problem poaching your, your employee and, and luring them with why we're better, what you get out of this group, what you're going to learn. And so why not do it internally? But at the same time, there's, there's also that camaraderie too. So the, the debate is would I go to your team and say, hey, I love, uh, well, the base not necessarily uh, internal sourcing, it's, it's just how you approach it. And so if I were to go to your employer directly and be like, hey, you're amazing, I'd love for you to work on my team uh, without their manager knowing, the fact that you know that manager, you work in the same company and potentially um, could uh, hinder their progress and their project um, negatively, 
that creates a bad stigma um, and and a, kind of a hostile work environment. So um, what I'd love to do is is a more as we grow and people start anniversarying at Get Around, um, my, my intention was not just an early talent program and a, a better referral program, um, but also with internal mobility, we, we kick up sourcing for it too, but we partner with HR to be able to identify people who have been in the same role for X amount of time or um, have indicated that they potentially might be a flight risk or they might, um, uh, with technology data and analytics, are they potentially a, a risk to, to leave? Um, and if so, uh, work with their manager to say, what do you think about uh, having Jane try a different project? You know, and so um, there's a lot more variables, I think, in terminal mobility when you source for it. Um, mm -hmm. But if done right, um, it can be a more HR career advancement or versus, um, trying to just fill your wreck. You know, we, we can't approach it that way. It was tough when I was at IEC because askjeeves.com was, you know, it fluctuated between 300 to 500 people. Dictionary was 40 people. And so if, and we sat in the same floor. And so sometimes it was tough. We're the same parent company, but two different brands. And, um, and ask.com was the, the larger kind of enterprise doing crazy things with AWS and content and search algorithms. And so often the people creating dictionary content um, at the time were like, I'm not being challenged here. I'm going to walk down the hall and see if I can find a job with them. But when you have 40 employees of which only 10 are engineers, every engineer you, you lose is a big hit um, uh, to the overall productivity of the team. So, um, so I can see where, companies are hesitant to even think about internal mobility. But at the end of the day, um, and so that's where I think where the stigma comes from, but um, I've been lucky that I've been able to push across the board. As long as you have a, a um, uh, what happens next plan or a plan B in place, like if someone is interested somewhere else, what happens next? Um, mm -hmm. Then are you really going to prevent someone from trying to further their career? Because at the end of the day, if they're thinking about another team internally, what's to say they're not thinking about another team externally? You know, and, and uh, in the Bay Area especially, there is no lack of options. So um, we've become very accustomed to making sure we're open-minded about people's career trajectory. Do you think it's, it's possible to extend any of these sorts of opportunities to employees across the board? Uh, or do other, do specific job functions tend to favor from these types of opportunities more so than others? I would say the only thing that might give the uh, uh, appearance of favoritism or, or more attention is engineering um, in the tech space, mainly because uh, it's highly competitive. Um, it's, everyone talks about it, it moves very fast. Uh, it's a hard to fill space, um, uh, but in fairness, having, having managed both sides, um, uh, the, the appeal there is not just people wanting to explore and grow and skills and, and jump around companies a lot, but there's also that appeal of people who aren't technical, who want to get into that space. Um, you know, and I get the question all the time, what do you, what do I need to do to become a developer? What do I need to do to become a technical expert or subject matter expert or a manager? Um, 
And those are all good questions. And you shouldn't be in a job if you can't get supported in those career growths. Like I, um, it's funny because we, we, you'll hire directors, senior directors, VPs, principal, ICs, um, with expectation that they can hit the ground running and they know everything coming in. But um, we recently hired someone who uh, is the head of tax in our accounting department. Um, we went international. Uh, there's a, we're in a lot of different cities. There's regulations, government with car sharing and get around. Um, and we hired, we found the most expert person in tax that we could. Um, and we called her the head of tax. Um, uh, she's leveled as, as a principal. Uh, but I asked her the other day, it's like, you know, you're a principal, like everyone comes to you for questions. Um, uh, and, and everyone expects you to know everything. And she's like, I, I don't, I am not the expert. I just know how to ask the right question and then give the right answer. But, it, but I don't necessarily have the answer right there. And then I, she's like, I'm always learning. Um, mm -hmm. Leveling to her is not necessarily how much you know, but how better you get at asking the question and finding the answer. Um, and so, um, so for me, as far as internal mobility goes, uh, the right company will not just make it an open question, uh, on what do you want to do with your career? But the second part of that question should be, how do I help get you there? Um, and is that giving you a mentor, having you shadow another group, giving you shared responsibility? Um, ideally the the lowest cost um, and least intrusive way, um, but also a little bit more impersonal, is at the very least a company should give every employee some kind of uh, self-education stipend um, or, um, or access to a, a, a learning development tool like uh, lynda.com or LinkedIn Learning or Udemy. Um, uh, at get around we give every employee every year six hundred dollars and we're part we're going to try to up it um uh workday iec they're a thousand dollars a year where you can enroll in any self-enriching class that helps grow whatever skills you're looking to grow would you say that um to kind of uh, foster this culture of, of perpetual learning it, it it necessitates you know the executives and, and the rest of management to to encourage that it's always okay to learn and that it's always okay to make mistakes um, and I think that, that kind of runs counter to the expectations people have a lot of times of when you're looking to fill a role, you hope that the person will uh, be highly experienced or, or, you know, already be highly knowledgeable, but that kind of has, it's, it requires a shift in your perception as to you know, what the person will bring on their first day of work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, I mean, it does, but I feel like it's just perception in a good way. Like you, uh, it's funny cause I, I've just, I've built a TA team from scratch in the last few months and, uh, um, and I haven't had to hire this many people all at once. Usually you take the time to nurture an interview or a candidate, you kind of know what you're expecting when you get in um, and when they start. And I think you're also just focused at the time um, on who you're trying to hire. And so you remember them better. But when you hire in large quantities, um, I, f I found out and just now personal experience is um, uh, not that I, and hope I apologize if any of my team are listening. Um, but uh, I don't say the word forgettable. It's because it, it's not the right 
quantification, but it's it's definitely one of those things where it's like, what, I've, I've just interviewed 20 people. I've We've made offers to, let's say five, um, and they all start at various times between two weeks to two months from now. And what's, and, and now I'm getting to know them. I guess this would be the case for anybody, but now I'm getting to know them. It's like, wow, I don't know if I would have learned that about you in an interview, or I don't know if I would have known that was your capability, or um, I expected something different based on what experience you told you said you had. And you know, in two, three, four, five hours, what am I really learning about a person? Um, versus internal mobility, where you know what they've accomplished in the last year, two years, ten years. You have performance reviews. You've had conversations. You uh, you have instant recommendations uh, from their peers, their managers, um, and you know their shortcomings. At the same time, it's like, are those teachable moments? Are those opportunities where you know this person can grow from? Um, and to your point, make mistakes. Um, and so, if anything, I mean, this is a whole different topic for maybe another podcast, but. Um, but I feel like the learnings that we would have in promoting someone in your own team or transferring someone from another team, what are we learning from those circumstances that we should be applying to actually hiring people externally? Because I feel like the expectation for an external hire is up here, but internal mobility is down here, even though the expectations may be high, even though the, so the, the experience, the expectations and where they're coming from are down here, yet you hold them in higher regard to the external candidate who you've only met for five hours, you should have everything hit the ground running and day one expectations, you know, as soon as you hire them. And so I'd love to translate at some point what we learn and how we approach internal transfers and growing them and lessons and what they don't have, what they could have into who are we really trying to hire for? You know, so like I said, it's different podcasts, but. Um, so what, what are some of the chief ways that you can measure the success of internal mobility programs? Um, I mean, honestly, it's, it's, and the simplest way is just the fill ratio. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's how many people are you hiring that are internal transfers um, uh, versus, well, so there's, there's two metrics here. Um, actual hires, how many, people, how many people are actually either internal, uh, referral, applicant, whatever, um, sourced. Um, but that doesn't always tell the right picture because the challenge you run into is, Ideally, an internal candidate, um, I would say half the time is stretching, um, is trying to, for example, we have field specialists here at Get Around, and so they pick up and drop off cars. Um, but did they go to school or did they, did they expect their career to be, I'm gonna go move cars around when I grow up? Um, and ideally, they have some kind of other interest. And, and so often I've had people who, it's in communication, marketing, um, operational work. Uh, I had one field specialist who was so amazing at, um, at, so some of the things we have to deal with on the field is not just moving cars around, but what if a car gets broken into or, or a window smash? Then they have to trace down where the car is, uh, take pictures, do a report, go to the police department, um, uh, insurance company, auto body shop, uh, and it's, it's fairly complicated. Um, but then the question is, how did this one get smashed? Uh, what was stolen? What was involved? Where was this car when it started? Where did it end? Um, uh, 
did someone rent it? Did some was the renter actually the driver? You know, this and that. And all of a sudden you build skills and like, well, what about fraud and trust and safety? You know, you start seeing patterns in car rental history and renter's history and owner history. And it's like, wait a minute, did this did uh this person used a coupon that came from the owner to rent this car and then the window was smashed and it's like, do these two who know each other? You know, it's like I don't know. It's just one of those things where um, uh, often you get people who don't know what to expect in a role who are not qualified for the next role, but what have you taught them or what can they do or what were their interests prior to starting this job? Um, and so that's where the second part comes, becomes really important is the other metric I look at is applicants. Um, how many internal people actually apply to internal jobs? Um, and just like any other applicant pool, I mean, only one out of 20, 40, 50, 100, 1,000 people will get the job, you know, and so you rejected 99.9% .9 of the people. It's going to be the same on the internal mobility side. But just like your candidate is your customer, um, uh, and if you have a terrible candidate experience, you may lose a customer forever. You know, same thing with internal mobility is um, if you reject someone internally interested in a job, how do you manage that conversation? Who do you involve and what happens next? Um, because if you reject an internal candidate with very little communication, then if they, if they didn't have one foot out the door, they probably have one and a half feet out the door now, you know? And so, um, so it's, there's, there's multiple variables, but, uh, and have, uh, and sensitivity around it but it's also an opportunity they're they're hungry to grow or do something different so why not support that what would you say more often than not the response from um, executive level management is to implementation of, of internal mobility programs do you think it's in your experience something that they're they're on board and, and willing to, to try out or is there a bit of hesitation yeah I think uh, I think the the typical executive answer you'll always get is I'm supportive if you give me data um, or tell me why it's important. And so uh, I found more so in recent years than years past where executives are fairly like, yes, no, do it. Don't do it. Lately, it's more like, I don't want to give you an answer. You give me the answer by doing the research. I'm like, great. So you gave me a no, you gave me a non-answer answer. Um, so that's my, that's my life in the last couple of years. Um, uh, and this came up. And so my CEO and CFO are actually very supportive of, of an internal mobility process. Um, currently, uh, it's one of the first things I did when I got here. Uh, I get around uh, with HR because um, that's where the other conversation is. Is this an HR policy? Is this a talent acquisition policy? Uh, in my opinion, it's an, the answer is both um, because uh, then the questions came up in like, do the research, Make a thorough thought process, um, even a flow chart if, uh, you know, how would internal mobility work? Because it's one of the things that you can screw up the most fastest if you don't think about who's involved. Um, and so at the end of the day, I think that the short, if there's one thing I would take out of this podcast, um, yeah. if you're trying to create an internal mobility pol policy, um, is don't think about the process, think about the people. Um, who is involved in this process? and then build a process around who needs to know, the hiring manager, current manager, the employee, um, uh, the recruiter, HR, executive, like 
once all the players are involved, then what flows after that seems so much easier. Um, but uh, but they were supportive, but that was their concern was, what if this person is on a performance review? What if this person just got a raise? Um, what if this person just started the job two months ago? You know, so there are a lot of factors too on um, going back to thinking about people. Uh, if you just give them a raise or they just started a new, just started the job, what have they really done in that new role that they got promoted into? Or what are they, what are they actually accomplished having just started here two months ago? Um, and so let's give them time to acclimate. Uh, but then that's goes back to an earlier point of there's people involved. And if you reject them now, even if they're brand new, are they start, are they going to start looking for a job because they were very adamant that they wanted to think about this other role. And so you just have to have the honest conversation. You just got here. Um, uh, let's keep talking about this, but let's accomplish this to get to there. Um, uh, but once we sp spell that out on what happens, what, what makes you eligible? Who's involved in the conversation first? Who's involved in the conversation second? Uh, is there an interview process? Um, and then what's the offer process like? What, is, what does the transition look like in terms of when you go from A to B? Um, what about A? Uh, who then does that job? Um, who's in charge of backfilling it? Who's in charge of interviewing it? But once you have the steps in the middle, then building things like internal recruiting ads, an internal job board, a Slack channel to advertise these jobs, all is then easier um, when you have a policy and, and a process in place, um, which solves for the human pieces. Yeah, so it sounds like it, it requires a pretty sophisticated communication skill set. Yeah, I, I mean, I think this is where also um, recruiters are no longer recruiters or they're talent acquisition partners. Right. And so as a TA partner, I think our jobs evolve from we just, we don't put ads out and wait for fax machines to give us resumes and just go find people. Like it's, today it's about who can you promote? What's your story? What's the brand? Um, uh, and in, in a market where communication is instant, technology throws jobs in your face. Um, uh, um, the question no more is how do I go find people or advertise your job? The question now is what is the best strategy for this one job with your hiring manager um, that could be very different from job two? You know, job one, I may do Facebook ads, Craigslist. Um, like, it, let's say it's a skill set like Flutter, you know, uh, or, mm. or you're changing your, your platform. Um, and so it's a whole new technical stack or you're launching a customer service uh, tier one division that will, that will now escalate tickets to multiple different tiers. But right now it's just a flat org that's dealing with all the low hanging fruit and the um, uh, really important escalations. Like you're, if you're creating a function that never existed before and there's no one internally that you can think of that has that technical skill set, um, then that may be a whole different recruiting strategy um, versus I need a senior person or a lead or a manager. Um, uh, and so that's, that's the difference between recruiters today is every role is different. You are, um, especially externally, most people don't want to hear from recruiters anymore um, or be the first touch. 
So now you have technology and CRM and drip campaigns and marketing campaigns and uh, you know, a candidate can internally and externally can go Google you as a company, find your Glassdoor, your Comparably, uh, your Indeed, your LinkedIn, what stories are you telling, look at your reviews, your Yelp if you're a consumer, um, do you have branding videos, what's your values, what's your story, um, and by the, time, by the time they actually step in the door, they probably know more about your company than you do. Um, and so uh, what is that strategy with the hiring manager? Um, and so I, the reason I say all of that to your point is I feel like a recruiter nowadays is a, should be an expert communicator or storyteller. And so I would like to think that internal mobility is something that um, adding career path and HR to a recruiter's uh, skill set is, is kind of essential today where you are not just selling the job, but you're selling the career. Um, and that goes internally as well is, um, but recruiters should also be experts at rejection. And so, uh, if that's the case, then what happens next? Um, but that's where, I mean, honestly, I mean, say this in a bad way, but recruiters are experts in rejection. Um, ideally a good recruiter is building a pipeline, um, or a B list or a silver medalist list or some kind of way to remember the good folks. Um, in fairness, you probably have, uh, I would, I would call shenanigans if a recruiter told me they've, they've said a word to a candidate, your background's very impressive. Um, uh, I'll be in touch and hopefully find a new opportunity for you in the future when that candidate obviously was the worst fit ever. Um, mm -hmm. But you probably still said to that person, I'll keep in touch or I'll keep looking for you. You know, if you, if you say you're honest 100% of the time and transparent with your candidate, I, I call shenanigans. Not to say we're liars, it's just we're people people. And so how do we message it in a way that keeps that candidate positive for the future? Um, and so, uh, so with that, I guess the, the point being is um, with internal mobility, uh, you have to partner with HR. It becomes more of a, um, it's harder to lie or, or paint a positive spin on something when you work here. And so it's one of those questions and it's okay. So you are impressive, but obviously not a right fit for the role. Where do we go from here? You know, and so there's, there's that script or communication on not just what you do as a policy internally with hiring managers and hiring for the job, but what do you do when people show interest individually and what happens next for their career? Um, Cause just like we reject nine out of 10 people externally, we're probably gonna reject nine out of 10 people internally. Um, just in terms of internal mobility, could you either pinpoint some resources on the topic or, or if, if nothing else, um, are there any companies that you know of that have such programs in place that uh, other talent acquisition leaders could aspire to or take inspiration from? Yeah, I mean, I would say um, if you, uh, the, the, my go-tos typically are things like recruitingdaily.com, uh, um, ere.net. Like this, this is a very borderline HR thing too. So, uh, so SHRM, S-H-R-M, uh, uh, and other usually HR management spaces. Um, to me, usually HR, the challenge when you try to 
find information or pull content from them. It's always like policy driven or very kind of, I don't know, I'm not saying HR boring or black and white, but they're typically, I mean, it depends on what you are, but usually HR is boring and black and white. And so, um, uh, and it's a very human thing trying to, I don't know, I, I am very impressed by the, by the people who put themselves out there. Um, sometimes it's harder to say internally, I want this, or I could do that. Or um, if your manager hasn't told you what you, what's available to you, it's hard for you to ask for, I want this next step. Where it's kind of easier when you can have an entire global internet of millions of jobs where you can kind of pick and choose, hopefully. I mean, um, you know, not every person is so lucky, but but theoretically, the right timing, the right place, and the right company, you can go find the perfect job for you and then just apply. Um, so, uh, so, I don't know. It, I like the HR websites to find policies. Um, uh, Sherman.com has been actually very good in terms of just helping me in general develop referral policies, internal mobility policies. Um, uh, the, the challenge is um, they end up being a little more like a lawyer. Um, here's our exact policy. Uh, where Recruiting Daily has been actually very helpful um, with humanizing the process and what should be involved. Um, there's actually a, uh, a Slack group that's public called um, Hashtag People. Um, and it's, uh, there's a lot of conversations in there about recruiting, interviewing, excuse me, um, and just sourcing in general. And it comes up pretty often about what, what's your transfer policy. And so there's a lot of knowledge sharing in there that at the very least, every company is unique. Um, every leadership team is different. And so if you have a specific problem, um, ideally the community, I feel like nowadays it's much more community driven on the answers you're looking for. And so, um, uh, but yeah, hopefully that's helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay. I think that, pretty much wraps up our time for today. Uh, but I wanted to give you the opportunity to share any final thoughts that you might have or um, cover any points that we didn't get the chance to chance to go into. Uh, no, um, I would just leave with the thought of, um, I mentioned before, but if there was any one thing, if you're, uh, if you're thinking about a term mobility policy, um, then I, I would just say, stop thinking about it. Like it's gonna, if you're not prepared for it, it's going to surprise you. It's going to happen one way or another as your company grows, uh, especially if you're a small SMB company, um, you are, if, if you're growing, you're naturally going to have opportunity automatically come up and people are automatically who are, especially in a startup involved in multiple tasks, going to want to build a career in a super large Facebook workday, Google, Amazon. The challenge there is that you are, probably stuck doing one small corner of the world. And so if you're only scratching the surface at 1% of the Amazon story, then really the only way for you to grow your skills is to transfer teams to learn something different. Um, and so, um, so the, the advice I would leave is if you, if you're thinking about term mobility policy, 
don't think about it. You need something now today anyway to get ahead of it because it's going to happen one way or another. You just can't avoid it. Um, but then the one thought I'll leave is as you build your internal mobility policy, just remember that um, these are your employees um, and any policy should, should think about the people first and then build the criteria around that. Um, uh, otherwise, if it's just a, if you do this, then you can do that people are still going to leave because they feel like their best interests aren't at heart. So that's great advice. Well, Tony, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. Yeah. And we look forward to talking to you again. You too. I appreciate the time. Right. Thank you. Yep. Take care. Don't forget, we'll be releasing the definitive guide to hiring success this coming Tuesday, December 3rd. I would encourage you to dive deep into the text, take notes, write down any questions you may have, and bring them with you personally to the Hiring Success Conference, which will take place this coming February 11th and 12th in San Francisco. Head to www.smartrecruiters.com forward slash hiring hyphen success forward slash Americas for more information about the event. Hiring Success listeners receive a 30% discount on tickets with the following code. HS podcast 30. Once again, that's H-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T 30, all caps. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you can always stay up to date on all things hiring related. I'll see you again in December. Take care.